does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. The NFL Combine, the story of the week here in Indianapolis. Jake Quarry along with Kevin Bowen as we are live at the Indiana Convention Center. People starting to filter in. Again, kudos to ESPN 1000 in Chicago. They were the first ones here this morning. Uh, I also saw some of the Raiders folks have already showed up. Uh, so far... That's what happens when Tiki Bob's closes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Then what are we doing here? Nothing else to do. Why don't we show up? Oh, well, let's scanning, go work. Scanning the room, the Lions, so far, the, the holdout, it looks like they are the, the last to arrive. The helmet is still sitting over there, though. You know, I'm looking at the Cowboys. I'm looking at the fighting Mike Tomlins. It looks a little ghost town over there. Is that Eight the Steelers over there? I believe that is. Okay. Um, right now, prospects starting to talk to the media. So, Jake, uh, workouts will begin tomorrow afternoon here on Wednesday morning, defensive players. So, Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, two guys that will hear their name called pretty early in the draft. And I think there will be some implications with those two names and where the Colts pick. Uh, those two meet in the media here shortly. Let's go to the Payless Liquors guest line. That's where Peter King joins us. Of course, you can read his work, NBC Sports amongst the many places in which Peter King has become ubiquitous within the NFL culture. And along with that, during the Combine, a year ago, he did the same thing. Actually, has done it for a couple of years, a fundraiser for Teachers Treasures of Indianapolis. This is going to be on Friday at Sun King. We'll get you all the information and how you can get tickets at Eventbrite for an event where he is going to be there, along with Colts coach Shane Steichen. We'll get to all of that in just a moment, but first let's welcome in. Good morning to you, Peter. Good, good to talk to you again. Good morning, man. How are you? Uh, we are bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. You know, it's this. It's um, it's interesting to me. I, I was saying, Peter, that the combine and the evolution of it. I, you know, it means so much to Indianapolis. It, it, but I feel like inevitably, and I know that the league loves having it here for all of the, you know, the medical purposes and everything being here on site. But man, the way this thing's grown in the radio row. It feels like it's right on the cusp of being the next thing that the NFL kind of takes as a traveling circus. Is that me being a paranoid guy civically, or is there some reality to that? No, I think there are, there are owners in the league that view it as a money-making tool. reason why Indianapolis is the best place on earth to have the combine is that everything is so incredibly convenient. You never have to get in a car. You, you know, you, everything is right downtown. Now, the players have to go to the hospital to get their medicals done and all that stuff. But basically, an NFL person can get dropped off at the JW Marriott or the Westin or the Hyatt or the Omni Severin and not have to get in a car for the next six days. Um, So I think that is really part of the plus of it. But I I also think that the way the NFL has worked, starting with the draft when it used to be in New York every year, and everybody just, it was unquestioned that the draft was going to be in New York. And when Roger Goodell started moving it around like a traveling circus, and one night on day one of the draft in Nashville, there were 600,000 people on Broadway in Nashville Everybody started saying, and like 800,000 people in downtown Philadelphia when the draft was there. And everybody started saying, wow, 
So the NFL can really generate this type of excitement in business. The only thing is the draft is really a lot different from the combine. (laughs) You know, the combine is more of a business meeting more than anything else. They're trying to turn it into a little bit of a circus, but it's really a part of the business calendar, you know, examining these players, you know, testing them, meeting them for the first time. So, you know, I think that the NFL is really going to investigate looking into moving it somewhere, maybe Vegas, maybe L.A., uh, maybe Dallas. But I I still think, and I think everybody in the, you know, who isn't a money-making person thinks that Indianapolis is ideal. It's the great Peter King. He's with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Again, his event coming up this Friday over at Sun King on the east side of downtown with Shane Steich, and we'll chat more about that and certainly the, the uh, teacher treasures impact of that. And as a son of two teachers, greatly enjoy seeing Peter helping out a wonderful cause. Um, let's focus, Peter, on, on what you wrote about Monday, and it's a must-read, Football Morning in America every Monday, and you chatted with Daniel Jeremiah, who will get a ton of airtime here in the next few days as guys start to hit the field for workouts, and certainly the quarterback position speaks for itself here in Indianapolis of what that means. Based off your conversation with Jeremiah and the Colts sitting there at four, what decisions do you think the Colts will have to make, not only with their own spot at four, but the teams above them? Well, I think this is going to be the next two months basically are going to be a game of cat and mouse for the uh, for the Texans at number two, for the Colts at four, uh, for the Raiders at seven, and for the Panthers at nine. So all four of those teams clearly want a young quarterback to build around. And there are some very interesting candidates in this draft. And so you have to ask yourself, there are going to be some people who are not bothered by the fact that Bryce Young is maybe 5'11 and three quarters. We'll find out here in a couple of days exactly how tall he is, but he's not tall. And whether the size of these other guys, uh, who all are at least 6'3", whether the size is going to have a big impact on what teams might want to do. Now, I would say with the success of Drew Brees and Russell Wilson, you know, in the last 20 years, it's not as desperate anymore to get a statuesque tall quarterback. But still, being 5'11 or 6 feet does at quarterback does bother a lot of teams. Now, I believe that Chris Ballard at least his his intent, along with the intent of Jim Irsay, is to stop at nothing to get the quarterback that they want. And so that's why, to me, I think the Chicago Bears are in an incredible position sitting there at number one. Because if you get two or three teams bidding to move up to number one, they're, they're going to be in Fat City. They could end up with, you know, as many as three number ones coming out of here without moving out of the top ten. So I I just, I think that if the Colts end up trading up to number one, which has been widely speculated, it's going to cost a lot 
and they're really going to have to believe in whoever they move up to get. And that, Peter, this is what fascinates me. Peter King is our guest on the Payless Liquors Hotline. I th- See if this makes sense, but what I've been saying is, and the Colts have to make this evaluation, and that is if there are, let's say, four quarterbacks, okay? I yeah. mean, we hear, you know, Stroud, Young, Richardson, uh, Levis. I mean, let's say there are four. Is the disparity one to four a greater gap than the gap of what you would have to give up to move up those three spots? In other words, do we know yet, Peter, and maybe we don't, do we know yet whether or not this is a year where you have to get the one guy? In other words, if if you're a team in need of a quarterback, is this the year to be in need of one? In my opinion, this is a risky year. Um, and look, I, I throw myself on the mercy of the court here. I'm not a big college football watcher. I've seen highlights of all these guys. The guy who I really like a lot is C.J. Stroud. Boy, you and me, uh, man. I'm with you. Yeah, I, I, I love this. One of the reasons I really love C.J. Stroud is that I believe that he can make every throw with authority. And you need to do that in the NFL. You need to fit balls into tight windows, and you need to be bold. And he did that without throwing a lot of interceptions. So to me, I, I, you know, he's got the size, he's got the demeanor. I, he would be the guy who, at least at the start of this process, that if I could get him, uh, I'd be pretty happy coming out of this draft. But... But, and this is a huge but, there are those who would look at Bryce Young and who would say he is Mac Jones plus 15%. And look, Mac Jones hasn't had a great two years to start off his NFL career. It's almost like the first half of his first year was the best (laughs) that we've seen Mac Jones. But you've got to believe that with better coaching now with Bill O'Brien in New England, we're going to see a better Mac Jones in 2023. But having said that, if I were the Colts, I would be looking at only one thing. Which one of these guys is going to stand the test of time? Who can I build this franchise around uh, in a way that 25 years ago we drafted Peyton Manning and started building the franchise around him? Now, I just don't think that any of these guys are going to be Peyton Manning. But, you know... Here's the funny thing about quarterbacks right now. I think Tom Brady has been a template for all young quarterbacks. And by that, I mean, did anybody think that Jalen Hurts drafted whatever he was, 55th overall in 2020, was going to turn into a top-five NFL quarterback? Nobody did. And who knows? He's got to stand the test of time, too. But by the end of this year, he sure looked like a top-five NFL quarterback. And the way he did it was just dedicating his entire life to being great at being a quarterback. And I think Brady uh, has taught a lot of people like Mahomes, like Hurts. Hurts is going to Brady's quarterback coaches now in the offseason out in California. So all of, these, all of these factors, in my opinion, one of the ones that whoever you draft has better, had better have – the sort of ethos and work ethic uh, that I, I nothing I will not be denied. I am going to be a great quarterback in the NFL. 
and that's one of the things that Chris Ballard and and the Texans and the Raiders and and Carolina are going to have to going to have to work on in the next two months. And certainly, what this week is really largely about in those formal and informal yep. interviews, you get a chance to sit down and meet with these prospects in many regards for the first time. Certainly for Shane Steichen, the first time again. Peter King is with us here. Uh, for those looking for more information on Peter's event this Friday, we just retweeted retweeted from our show account. Again, it's five thirty over at Sun King. Shane Steichen will be in the building. Uh, Shaquille Leonard auctioning off uh, jersey, signed jersey to Forrest Buckner, Reggie Wayne. Um, footballs as well so some cool prizes over at Sun King coming up this Friday and again Teacher Treasures is the charity um, with that event. Peter obviously Jim Irsay made a whole lot of news on and off the field or I guess I should say with his own team and then off the field with some Daniel Snyder comments this year. You have a great pulse just nationally league wide. How do you think Jim Irsay was viewed whether it be his interactions of meddling uh, within the team and then the Daniel Snyder comments league-wide? Look, I don't think anybody loved uh, when he gave Jeff Saturday that job. Um, I think that there are a lot of skeptical people around the league. And, and obviously, look, we all know Jeff Saturday. He's a great guy. And I have no doubt that, uh, that one day, um, you know, especially, especially with the right quarterback, because I look, you're never going to be a great coach in the NFL unless you have a really good quarterback, period. That's it's it's a must. But uh, so he came into an unenviable situation. But having said all that, you know, taking a coach out of the clear blue sky, I think a lot of people were down on that uh, around the league. But I also think that and look I talked to a lot of people around the league no one is going to come out and say go Jimmy when he said what he said about Daniel Snyder but I can tell you that there are a lot of owners and top league officials who are cheering him on because nobody had the had the stones to basically come out and say Daniel Snyder is bad for business in the NFL and he is and he shouldn't be an owner in the NFL, and they got to get him out of there. And and Jim Irsay was willing to walk to the edge of the cliff and to say that when no one else did. Now, that is anti the boys' club that you know NFL ownership is. But I think there were a lot of people who were just fed up with Daniel Snyder having ruined one of the great NFL markets in the United States. So I I love honestly I love what Jim Ursay said about Dan Snyder and more and more continues to come out to prove that Jim Ursay was right in starting to uh, throw rocks at Daniel Snyder. And you know Peter to me and you tell me if if you agree with this but if I recall correctly that was right on the heels also of a report that Snyder had allegedly hired like private investigators and had kind yeah, of made veiled yeah. threats to the other owners. And to me, it was almost like Jim Irsay was saying, look, my entire, all of my indiscretions are out there. I, I'm as transparent yeah, yeah, as exactly. it gets now. So yeah. so I'll be the one that's, that, that falls on this sword because you ain't going to yeah. dig anything up on me, right? It's all out there. And I think that was great of him to say that. You know, if he wants to investigate me, bring it on. 
because everybody knows what ha- what has happened to right. Thursday in his life, you know. So I I just I think sometimes sometimes look, I would bet a lot of money that if Roger Goodell knew what Jim Irsay was going to say at that owners meeting in New York in October uh, or I think it was October, I I don't think he knew uh, exactly what was going to happen that day. I think if he did know that he would have stood up in a meeting and said something to the effect of, guys, we got to keep – and women, we got to keep everything in-house. We don't need to go air our dirty laundry outside. That's one of the problems in the league right now. You read Don Van Natta's story at ESPN.com yesterday, and, you know, Roger Goodell in that story is accused – of siding with Snyder over his limited partners, minority partners, in almost a hey, you guys get out of here, don't 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 bother us, and and that to me is something that if I'm an owner in this league, one of the things that Jim I think was right in talking about is we don't have a lot of these conversations. We need to discuss these things. In-house, we've never had a serious conversation about the damage that's being done to this league by Daniel Snyder. And we need to talk about this. And, and I, think, I think that kind of stuff is great for the league long term. I applaud Jimmy Ursay for saying it. Peter, last one from me. Um, the competition committee met earlier this week. That's always a big part of what Combine Week is about, you know, potential yeah. rule changes that we could see for 2023. Obviously, there's talk about the Eagles and the QB sneak play that they've mastered. There's a lot of chatter regarding the roughing the passer penalty. If I granted you commissioner for the day, and I guess maybe 75% of ownership vote for the day, where would you fall in a rule change or two for 2023 and beyond? I would not change the rule about uh, about about many things. I'm not one of these guys who, you know, after you see two or three things go wrong during the year, tear it down. I, I just have never been that way. But I would say two things about the rules that they're discussing. One, I don't think that this rugby scrum push of the quarterback is – what anybody ever intended when this rule was reconstituted in 2005 to allow runners to be aided from behind. Um, and, and it's not worded very specifically, but in essence, Sean Payton said it all when he got the Denver head coaching job. And he basically said, <clears throat> look, we're going to be working on that play in practice. That will be in our playbook. And, look, it's only a matter of time before uh, two offensive linemen line up in the backfield on fourth and one and at the snap of the ball just push as hard as they can the quarterback who, along with the offensive line, should be able to get a yard. It's just a sheer amount of force. And, look, I just think it's not a football play. It's just, it's not, and it's not skill. There's nothing skillful about it. And I just, I don't like it. And if it doesn't change, I think you're going to see more and more teams abuse what happens in, in this 
and uh, they're going to abuse it to the point that we're going to say we've really gone far afield from what football is. I think the other thing, and I've, I've always sort of agreed with those who would say, hey, listen, if you're not going to increase the number of challenges, let a coach challenge anything he wants at any time. You know, just, just challenge any play at all. It doesn't matter what it is. Because if you're not going to increase the number of challenges, then a coach knows that he's going to have to hang on to one challenge for very late in a game. So he's not going to waste his challenges in the first quarter. Uh, so I've, I've always said, hey, if you think the pass interference call was lousy, let's let's look at it if you think the roughing the passer thing was lousy let's look at it and if it's obviously wrong then it'll be changed and i'm not a huge fan of a lot of what the nfl does in picking away at the rules all the time but i think that's where the game is headed eventually anyway i just rip the band-aid off and do it right now peter last thing before we let you go, because I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about it, Peter King is our guest on the Palo Sugars Hotline, and I appreciate your efforts in Indianapolis that you do each year. One of the things that you and I have in common is I think it is super fun when I go to different cities to try out like the local beer, right, of the city, and, yeah. and you know, yeah. and and I know that you enjoy doing the same. And Sun King is one that you've enjoyed, so you've parlayed that now into a fundraiser now that's become an annual event. Tell me how it all came together and how people can, again, get involved on Friday night at 5.30 at Sun King. Well, I, I don't know. I started this maybe 10 or 12 years ago, um, you know, at, at Sun King. And we would just meet every year, and I'd bring some sports writer friends of mine and sports media now because there will be NFL Network people there on Friday night. Uh, so I have brought a bunch of people over, and we would just sit sit around, have a couple of beers, and talk to fans who would come in. And they really enjoyed it. We would, you know, we'd, uh, we'd allow them to ask questions. And, and, and just, it was fun to sit there for two, two and a half hours and talk football. And so, I don't know, we, we did it, started doing it as a fundraiser uh, a few years ago. And the last couple of years, we've, you, we've used Teacher's Treasures. And so I think one of the reasons why it appeals to me so much is that, to me, there's nothing more heartbreaking. Well, shoot, there's a lot. There are other heartbreaking things in the world right now, too. But there are few things that are more heartbreaking than when I see a teacher who has got three kids at home and is barely making ends meet anyway have to go out and spend $250 for school supplies because he or she doesn't have enough supplies in the in the classroom. And so Teachers Treasures is fantastic at basically saying to uh, teachers in some low-income areas, uh, schools, to basically say you can come in and you can go shopping for $500 worth of, uh, you know, $500 worth of supplies once a year and bring them back into your classroom. And so and the one other thing that's great about Teacher's Treasures, for every $1 that is donated, $15 of buying power 
is invented by that. So last year, when we raised $15,000 at our event, that was actually over $200,000 that we were able to raise. And so, look, I'm, I'm very bullish on this. It's fun for us to do anyway. Me and some of my friends and the Colts have been incredibly nice to us over the years in donating things and donating money. So we're very grateful to them. And Shane Steichen has agreed to come over for a half hour on Friday night. And so he'll get to meet everyone. And it's just, it's a very nice community thing. And uh, it's the least we can do, quite honestly, to repay Indianapolis for all the great times we've had there over the years. Yeah, I've been fortunate to be at the event. It's a fun, fun time over there. And, hell, it's a happy hour beer on a Friday, so you can't beat that. <laughs> right. uh, talking yep. about sports, and for Jake and I, education means a whole lot to our family. So, Peter, thank you for doing that, especially in our own backyard. Appreciate the time. Safe travels to Indianapolis. And, uh, as always, great stuff with what you do every single Monday and what you've done for the NFL, Peter. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. Really appreciate you having me on.